Welcome, everybody, back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian here in North Texas with some very special people tonight. I am joined by one Derek out in California. Derek, how are you? I'm doing very lovely, Brian. Ooh, lovely. I like the descriptive language that we're using out in California. And I'm also, I'm very pleased to uh, welcome a very special lady. If I can get this to pull up. I'm here for the wine, and I don't have the time for sour grapes. It's Mrs. Brian. Hi. Hi, Mrs. Brian. Hi. I like that intro. Do you? Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She was giving me the death stare earlier when I played it for her. That Real Housewives background is my favorite. It's sick shit, isn't it? It is. Are we, what did you say, which Housewives did you say that was from? Uh, it said Atlanta because it has the record scratch in the back. It's very urban. Oh, I see, I see. I, I definitely know, like the only ones I, I know for sure are Orange County and New York. Those are the only intros that I know by heart. But wow. now that uh, you've said that and played it, I can see them holding the peach. Peaches? So yeah, I got it. Yeah. Derek, did you? I, I, I'm the same. I just know Orange County. Yeah, I figured. York, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I have I have no questions other than what is it that you're drinking? Wine. Ah, there it is. So I wasn't far off with my intro. No, not at all. I'm here for the wine and I don't have the time. That's you. That's yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. So I'm glad you captured that. Nailed it. <laughs> You don't even know what kind of wine you're drinking. It just comes out of a bottle with four letters on it. It's the red kind. Uh, no, I think it's... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's made by Newman's Own, so I don't know... Oh, that's that uh, organic estate wine that Frank would have just tear apart. You'd have a It's called like Common something or something like that. I don't know. Isn't, isn't Newman's Own like a... Salad dressing. Yeah. Also, yes. Yeah. So, so you're doing the world a favor. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. You by you drinking that wine, someone is benefiting. I don't know how to spin that more, but I'm sure something good's happening. From sure. Well, it. I think the mo- the money from the wine does go to like a charity or something. Okay. So it doesn't go back to the salad dressing? No. No, the salad dressing is the same way. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't the money from the salad dressing go to a charity? Fucking A. Is Randy Newman just making all the good shit? No, not Randy Newman. I was going to say, I thought it was Paul. It's it's definitely Paul. Yeah, Yeah, Randy Newman's the one who was singing on Toy Story. (laughs) You got a friend to me. (laughs) That's Randy, sorry. Wait, Paul is the actor? And race car driver. That Pony Boy writes about in The Outsiders. So there you go. Fun fact. Jesus Christ. Derek, what are you drinking? <laughs> I, I am drinking a can o bliz from Oscar Blues. Can o bliz. Yeah, it's a, it's a hazy IPA. It's okay. pretty good. It's on sale. Is it a <laughs> it's on sale? It's on sale. Uh is it a twelve ounce can or is it a stovepipe? 
No, it's twelve ounce can. Okay. But I got six of them. So hell's yeah, Derek. I don't know if you know this, but at one time Brian wanted to go by the name Blizz. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. For 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 this podcast or fuck no no just <laughs> just in real life uh I believe this was the middle school years. Well, that's that's okay. I was listening to Limp Biscuit back then, so so yeah. was so was he. <laughs> yeah, but Derek, here's the difference: you never tried to make your own nickname happen, and uh, that's that's true. <laughs> and and therein lies the difference between a normal human being and myself in middle school. Who, for some reason, wanted to shorten the name Blizzard because that was fucking sick. <laughs> how, how did you go about making your own nickname happen? Because I don't know how to do that. Well, let me tell you right now, you don't. You, you, you learn from someone else's failures. And let me tell you about how much of a failure that was. People don't take kindly to you going, yeah, I go by Blizz now. They just don't. It's not a fucking thing. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You don't <laughs> sit down and pre pre algebra, and they're like, uh, Brian, no, 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 go by Blizz now. Did you tell your teacher this? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, good. No, no my friends cut that off pretty quick because those pretty good friends. I mean, I had some close friends, and I was like, I was, you know, you try to pass it off all nonchalant at the lunch table. You know, like it gets kind of quiet. You're like, oh, I'm thinking about going by Blizz now, and everybody just kind of. No, don't do so, some, don't do that. Somebody kicks you under the table. Yeah, <laughs> they all just pack up their shit and just leave. <laughs> they just go sit by themselves, like off in the corner, and don't talk to anybody. They're just like, I fucking, we gotta find new friends now. I'm glad they saved you before you made that mistake in front of the entire class, because that's something you don't come back from. Well, see, school. here's the thing: you got to remember that my my middle school, much like my high school. And that there was only about 80 people That's in my true. middle school class at the time. So you make that mistake once. Yeah, basically everybody hears about it. So it was it was a dark time. I wore a lot of wind pants at that time as well. <laughs> like you could hear me coming from a hall away. Just like, yeah, I, I remember those. Were yeah, they those the breakaways? Uh, I had some breakaways. I, that, that wasn't my main, my main squeeze. My main, my main pair were... Some Reebok wind pants that matched a Reebok windbreaker. Of course, yeah. And they were purple and white. Oh, why? Why was that a thing? Um, I we had that too, and it wasn't like middle schoolers were saying this is the new fashion. So adults were wearing this at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like geometric shapes and fucking colors that d- no one like they don't support anything. There's no connection to fucking life with the fu- the shade of purple that I was wearing. Anyway. Late really... 90s, early 2000s. There was some oh. special fashion. This is this is some real special. So Cannibaliz. Okay. Yep. So uh, the Oscar Blues came up with a hot, a hot ass name. I mean, it's fire if you ask me. That name is great. Um, I, think, I think they're out of Colorado, right? So they're out of Colorado, but they also have can, uh, a production brewery in Austin, and I'm oh. pretty sure they also have another one in North Carolina. Oh, man, okay. Something like that. Um, one of the one of, they have an East Coast connection, but yeah, Oscar Blues is part of Canarchy. Uh, so it's Oscar Blues uh, Cigar City is also brewed here there in Austin at that production facility. Like Cigar City Highlight, I think was has been brewed in Austin for a while now, and as well as Derek, you'll appreciate this. The newest addition to Canarchy is Deep Ellum Brewing. 
Really? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Miracles. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Miracles do happen, Derek. I don't know. Uh, I just, I never understood how that brewery exists. I don't know how else to say it. Is Is it like somebody buying out these places or is it like they have a brewery and they're co- co-brewing on all at one i think it's a uh, it's operating just like a uh, gambrinus operates trumer pills bridgeport and shiner okay they have standalone breweries and facilities but if they need help with capacity they have separate facilities for that and they also help sourcing materials uh that you know more people more money more buying power has can is, go farther is deep ellum like getting that popular Dude, I don't know, man. They're the they're the anomaly in the Dallas beer scene because I've still yet to ha- like. So Deep Ellum, full disclosure, fun fun story. The Deep Ellum was the first brewery I ever went to. I'd never been to a brewery before, and I went with Derek. And oh, uh, wow. when he lived down in Dallas, and we went almost like a Thursday night, and Deep Ellum had like four beers on tap and like fifteen people in their beer garden. Um. And it was, you know, back in the day where you pay $5 and get three drinks with a free glass. Yeah, it was amazing. What happened to that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fun fact, uh, earlier this week I stopped by a brewery mm, on the other side of downtown from Deep Ellum, and I paid $32 for eight beers. So a lot has gone horribly awry. Yeah, that's why I like the scene to begin with. Yeah, it was like a really good deal. Yeah, but. it was a good deal. I remember Derek was also the first person who showed me the value in buying a keg of beer at a time, yep. <laughs> like a spreadsheet that showed the math per pint or the dollar per pint at uh, on draft. If you just bought a kegerator, sure, it's an initial investment, but once you get it going, it just you know pays for itself pretty quick. Oh, but anyway. I don't know how the fuck Deep Elm's open. They also opened another facility over in Fort Worth called the Fermentorium or some oh, shit like that. That's a, that's a neat name. Well, they do nothing but sours over there, so that's even neater. Oh, I want to go. Nope, we're fucking not going over there. If we go over <laughs> there, if we go over there to enjoy sour beers, we're going to Collective. That's what you do. You go to Collective. I bet we can we not no. go there first. Nema. Because we nope. don't know their product, out of, and then go to Collective because we know that the good stuff is there. Out of principle, shan't be going to Deep Ellum. Shan't. I said shan't. But what if they shan't. produce some really good stuff? Then I will... Uh, magically. <laughs> Listen, a, cl- a broken clock's right twice a day. Okay? Yeah. I'm not fucking taking that chance over there. Also, Derek, they uh, they just opened a distillery, Deep Ellum Distilling. Oh, really? Yeah. In gin, I'm guessing. Yeah, they're doing some clear spirits, but they also have a whiskey program as well that they should start pouring in November or October of this year. How um, how um when did they start that? About three years ago. Okay, I guess that makes, makes uh, sense. I mean, we're still we're still reaching though. Honestly. There's a lot. Yeah, of... that's, that's still probably not going to be that good of a product. Well, it's also deep time. So. Well, I don't think time is the worst issue they have to go on against them here. There's a lot of distilleries that have opened up where we are, like out in the middle of nowhere. And if they're making whiskey, they or they can technically make whiskey. They just have to source it. They're not distilling their own, typically. At least not right now. Is anybody yeah, making you whiskey? You can just buy cask. It's yeah. Kinda... It's a, what is it? MGP out of Indiana. 
basically mass produces whiskey, barrel ages it, sells it to people to then blend together for their own liking. Um, but then there's other distilleries like Iron Root, Balcones. Western Sun. Well, Western Sun's still trying to, they just make fucking vodka in large amounts. That new tequila. Sheila tequila? Sheila tequila. Yeah, Derek, uh, they got me on a tasting at Total Wine uh, yesterday with a Sheila tequila. How was that? Uh, they they fucked up by letting me taste it, and then I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty fucking good. It's a Reposado tequila that they aged in uh, Jack Daniels barrels. Okay. Uh, so I mean, it drinks like like a, like a pretty good whiskey. Honestly, <laughs> it smells like a fucking lime salt margarita. Well, uh, those barrels probably had a little bit of residual jack in them. Oh yeah, you can tell like it's silver tequila, yes, but it it pulled some like caramel color, just like a little tint of it. Uh, oh really? Yeah, okay. it's kind of cool. And the people who make it or sourced it, I should say, they didn't fucking make it because they just straight up bought it from Mexico and just put it in their own label. <laughs> um, yeah. But the people live in Little Elm, so right down the street from the house. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I think it was like thirty-five dollars. Well, like, yeah, it's good. It's sipping tequila. I'm all right with that. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, if if you like it, then awesome. Right. right. Like, <laughs> you know what, Derek? Like, I, I, fuck, I fucking hated it. I hated every second of it, but I bought it because I have principles. Uh, anyway, speaking of principles, I am drinking something that I fully back um, to the point that uh, this is one of the few beers that I've bought multiple 32 ounce growlers of. Um, but this is Manhattan Project's Double Half Life. And I don't know if you heard, we had Manhattan Project on here talking about their brewery, their setup. They invited us out to their new brew house to show us what it's going to be. And um, like every time. I have a chance to have double Half-Life. I go for it because it's fucking amazing. It's a hazy IPA. I want to say the ABV is like six, six and a half, seven, something like that. I'm going to be like way far off and it's going to be like nine. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's fucking good. And the other thing, Derek, 32 ounce yeah. growler of it, like 10 bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, and I'm drinking it out of all at one time, basically, in a fucking, <laughs> in a Spiegelau wheat beer glass that you're supposed to be drinking like uh, Oberon out of. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to throw a whole fucking beer in here and just call it done. I thought that was just the perspective on the camera. I'm like, man, that glass looks really big. No, it's a 29 ounce glass. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassingly big. It's not like the only time I ever really use it is when I'm drinking a 32 ounce growler. Because it's point I have to put like it's like two and a half beers. Like, yeah, what fucking purpose is this? Uh, uh, yeah. No, I really like. I like this beer. I like the people of Manhattan Project. Um, okay, yeah. So this beer is eight <laughs> percent. Oh, it's, it's it is heavier. Yeah, it's a little bigger. Um, they have a beer that's it's called Half Life. Because uh, I don't know if you if you've heard us talking about it. Uh, all the Manhattan Project beers. Uh, or have like the Manhattan Project like name, like they have Plutonium oh. two thirty nine. They have Half Life. They have Bikini Atoll. Um, so this one obviously is the imperial version of their standard beer of Half Life. So they just called it Double Half Life, which is hilarious. <laughs> one, <laughs> uh, Derek. Let's not get into semantics here. Uh, they're pretty cool, and the like. Like I said, they're really really good people. They've been. Uh, contract brewing out of a couple different places in Dallas, including allegedly Deep Ellum for a little while. 
but that didn't let them, that didn't they like they still kept their uh, their uh, quality checks quality up. up. So I, I I love these guys, and anytime I have a chance to buy their stuff, I'm on it. So when when they're contract brewing, are they using the fermentation tanks and stuff at the place as well? Yes, for to my knowledge, yes. Uh, the place that they're brewing now is I think they're brewing out of Grapevine Brewing. They're in Grapevine, Texas, which I think they came online right as you were heading out to Oregon. Um, but right now that place is, there's something else, man. They're, it's a really, really nice tap room. And they really, really, really enjoy charging for their products. <laughs> they enjoy watching people pay for their, their products. You know, um, I've noticed that, and you, you being in the scene, I've probably really noticed it, but the prices of craft beers at bars has just gotten very, very expensive. Yeah. It's, and the product really hasn't changed that much. So You're 100% right. So uh, we had some interns come in at work, and uh, they went to lunch with them on Friday, and they were asking some actually really goddamn good questions, like one of them being, hey, what's an example of a really cheap beer? Or like a, a cheap style that's made by a craft brewer um, that charges significantly more. And I was like, well, that's a good question. Cause there's not, good question. there's yeah. not a whole lot of them, but the ones that are, they're pretty substantial. So like the one that came to mind was Mount Crushmore by Alesmith. It's a cream ale and it's sold in four pack, 16 ounce cans. And I want to say the four pack is twelve ninety nine for a cream ale, which is essentially... For those of you listening at home, it's essentially PBR or Lone Star. Both of those are cream ales. You're, you're getting about uh, 5% beer? Yeah. That? Yeah. And if that, maybe 5255 five, five if you're if you're going the craft side. But yeah, you're going relatively low high ad, low ABV, high adjunct beer. And it drinks like the cream ale, regardless of what you think of when you hear it. Uh, it is essentially the ale answer to an American light lager. And so, yeah, that's that's what I told him. He was like, well, why would... He was like, well, if a bar wants to keep... I forget what word he used, um, but it was all marketed up. But his question was basically, if a bar wants to keep the riffraff out, how do they charge... Do they charge more for premium, like domestic premiums, or do they just charge... Or do they like keep a craft beer on? Like within the same style range. I was like, oh fuck, oh, that's a good goddamn question. I, <laughs> I mean, it, it keeps it keeps me out somewhat. Uh, it, like, r- right, I was I like, buy a six pack instead of paying, you know, for two beers for that price. So right, and that's why I told him. I was like, when you start messing around with pricing of domestic premiums, everybody knows what a domestic premium is. They know what a domestic premium tastes like, and they know what the value they place on that. So when you jack up the price, you throw their value wheel all off. If you charge $8 for a pint that you can get for $6 across town, like, what the fuck am I doing? Why would I buy it here? I go, more than likely what you're going to do is you're going to drive a person over to Spirits where they can buy a whiskey and Coke for the same amount of money and they'd be like, fuck this. I'll just drink a whiskey and Coke. It'd be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, when I brought that up, he was like, oh, I didn't know that you would drive people out of the category. Like, yeah, completely out of the category. Do you, do you think, as I think, um, craft beer or beer consumption has gone down in the last few years, right? A lot. Yeah. You think that's part of it? So actually Mrs. Brian and I were talking about this today 
um, Gen Zers, the is it Gen Z? Yes, Gen Z. The generation behind us, like the big thing that people are concerned with is they're not drinking alcohol. Uh, they're not drinking nearly as much alcohol, period, and they're drinking significantly less alcohol in public. Like they're not going to bars and restaurants and buying alcohol. And I think that's contributing. I think um, the fact that like you can get the same enjoyment out of other activities, <laughs> like weed. I'm just gonna be marijuana. It's it's legal where I'm at. So. Yeah, marijuana is definitely having an effect. But at the same time, but like, this is nationwide, and marijuana is not legal nationwide. So my question is like. What are what, what are, are people doing? doing in Texas and Oklahoma? Well, no, like what are they doing in college? Well, you also keep remember, like th- th- there's other shit to do in college, like fuck. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> they're also ser- not having kids. No, but ser- <laughs> I mean, like they're not like you're, well, so like uh, higher edu- higher sex education helps to reduce the number of no, kids. but but research says that millennials and Gen Zers are not doing it. Like point blank period, just not doing it. So they're not drinking, they're not doing it. What are they doing? I don't know. They didn't ask me. I'm fucking high fives. Psh, psh, psh. Well, being being a millennial without a kid, there's kind of like a. I'm a, I'm in my later like or not later thirties, my early thirties. <laughs> yeah, Derek, come no, on, not you're, not at the, you're not at the um, sunset of your life. But, come on. But there is some like things you have to be financially stable, stuff like that. And like right, right oh, now, one hundred percent, not quite there. Which is what, but that's why most millennials are not having kids, buying houses, all of that stuff is just because of finances. But my question is like, if so, like millennials, we might not be doing it, but we're drinking, right? But yeah. what's Gen Z doing? Well, can they afford? Can they not afford to drink? Because we just talked Maybe. about how, like, <laughs> I like I would suspect they're just going to buy it and drink it at home, like like you were. But saying. even those numbers, even are those low. numbers are down. They're like down. overall, yeah, overall uh, off-premise consumption is down. Are they sitting around and having conversation with their friends? <laughs> Clearly not. Donald Trump's president. Like I don't know. Like no rational happening? thought can can follow through. Well, because like we went to we went to school kind of like in the middle of nowhere. So if we weren't, I mean, what else was there to do? I don't fucking know. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of, like activities and clubs that we could be involved in, but <laughs> drinking culture was part, part of it. Yeah. It was yeah. the best club to right. be in. I don't know. Fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sure. We could all I rode mean, like, ourselves yeah. across the lake, but that's not fun if you're not drinking afterwards. Yeah. I mean like, sure there were clubs. Think but... about even the most active clubs at OSU, like rugby. Those were the biggest bunch of like raging parties or right. partiers ever. There was ever. a rugby club? Oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah. Also, Which, maybe, maybe the online aspect has, has led to that. Maybe well, they're that's, their computers more. That's where oh, I was going with, with fucking. I mean, they have literal applications on people's phones. You just go bump bump nasties on people for no apparent reason. Or at will, I should say. You know? What do you mean? Grinder, like grinder, tender, yeah, but but they're not doing it at all. Allegedly, so says the research. Yeah, the research also. Listen, do you remember what happens when you when you rely on polls? I remember. Yeah, you remember. You remember. You remember. So, I don't know. I just don't. I I know, like statistically speaking, 
yes, there's far less alcohol being sold now. There's far less beer being sold. There are say, still there's still more spirits being sold now than there was like five years ago. All the Gen Zers I know are not of drinking age quite yet, but they are more into like their phones and technology and like Tinder. Snapchat. Not necessarily Tinder, but like not fucking Snapchat, Instagram, yep. those kinds of things. <sighs> I guess. Do you guys think that's healthy? No. Yeah. I, I don't I, even think the amount that I look at my phone is healthy. Well, I know that's the case because you look at your phone way too much. But yes, wait, way too much. I agree. Way too much. Um, I don't know. I had this discussion at work the other day where there's people, they're like leaders or you know leader coaches who preach the gospel of like uh, technology is bad no matter what, and because it gives you the instant gratification that. Like, do, do you mean like social media technology is really broad? Yeah, well, social media being that you connects you to other people rather than you organically coming coming about these interactions with other humans. Um, okay. they, social media being an aspect of that, but also like you know, fucking video games, even or the fact that you can I don't know make a phone call any hour, like at any time of the day, <laughs> to anyone basically in the world. Well, I will say, in like, your pocket as a teacher, seeing the effect that it's had on my students, like, kids have lost the ability to think for themselves. They've lost the ability to think creatively because they're never bored. There's always some entertainment. And then when they're at school and they're not constantly being entertained, they get upset about it. Like, I've literally had to tell students, my name is not Kim Kardashian. I am not here to entertain you. You are here to learn because they just don't understand the concept of not having that stimulus all the time. That's true. That's true. Do you think it's maybe one of the things is um, I'm going to say the, the way way we teach, not not in the way like you're teaching or anything, but like having to take multiple choice tests, stuff like that. It's not super like you don't learn that way. It's not you good. learn the test, and then a lot of people just drop it. One hundred percent. Like I I do think that. Because everything is so tied to like certain standards that students have to learn by this time in the year, I think that um, almost makes it like the kids realize that and they do just memorize it for the test and then throw it away. So you ask them two days later what they took a test on two days ago and they can't remember. Um, and like... Yeah, there are a lot of multiple choice tests. We try, like at my school, we try to use differentiation. So we use all different methods to quiz students or whatever. But I think as a whole, because we're so into like standardized testing and this is what you have to know, that it does kind of become super boring for kids and they just aren't interested anymore. Yeah, um I agree because I've also experienced here that where you went to um, school also made a difference on what knowledge you came in coming into college, maybe. Yeah. People will hear like, oh, yeah, I didn't really take calculus in college because I did the AP on all of it. Yeah. I'm like, what? (laughs) It was I don't even know if it was offered when I was in high school where I was at. See, that's what Brian said, because like I took the AP exam and got out of English courses in college, but. Like in talking to Brian, he 
didn't have the same opportunity like at his school to be able to do that. So, so yeah, the, so how do we balance the standards? Cause it would be nice if everybody got the same information and had the same quality of education. And they're then, um, trying to, but because education is primarily left up to state. So like federally they can say like, we want each state to have a set standard of this is what your students have to know in order to move on to the next level, which they do. So like in the state of Texas, we have some people call them teeks, some people call them techs, but it's basically by the time you get out of seventh grade, these are all the things you should know. By the time you get out of eighth grade, these are all the things you should know. So we have those set standards. The issue is there is no forgiveness for students that don't learn those concepts. So it's like, I teach it to you, you take the test. If you fail, you fail and we move on. And hopefully you'll get it right by the time like the big standardized test comes at the end of the year. If not, then we'll yeah. still move you on anyway, as long as you're not in a benchmark grade. Is there like, um, are these core concepts kind of repeated throughout the year or is it just like you've touched on them? They're supposed to learn them and then go. Yes. You've touched on them. You're supposed to learn them. We move on. Cause at least in my experience, what I've found is if I, if we've done, if I've done a topic multiple times, that's where true learning like happens and you can apply that to projects, to things that are a little more abstract. Right. And a good, and a good teacher will like a good teacher will be able to fold concepts into one another so that students are reviewing and at the same time learning new information. However, a lot of times that doesn't happen because, because teachers get caught up in like, the you know this is the teak that they're learning this week and so it has to be this and they don't take the time to go back and say well this can also like I was telling Brian a lot of my students have trouble connecting the dots between like fractions decimals and percentages they don't understand that they're the same thing like they have absolutely no concept and it's because literally no one has ever said to them these are the same things. No one has ever explained the concept of a fraction to them. So they don't understand that it's part of something. And so is a decimal. And so is a percentage. Like they just don't get it. And that's, that's, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Cause I told Brian, like it's scary to me that I can say to my kids, okay, what would three fourths be as a decimal? They have no idea. And then I'll say, okay, if I have three quarters, how much money is that? Oh, it's 75 cents. Okay, beautiful. So three quarters and three fourths are the same thing. So what would three fourths be as a decimal? And they're still looking at me like they don't know. It's obviously 0.68, but we have to understand. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's terrifying and frustrating all at the same time because She'll come home with this, in my mind, does not work in the educating way. Like, I, I grew up as, like, I, I, I grasped math concepts really quick, and I used to get pissed off, like, legitimately fucking angry at kids who couldn't learn, like, who didn't pick it up after the first time the teacher went over something. I would get super pissed. 
So Mrs. Bryan comes home and is like, yeah, no, we're having this trouble and this trouble. I'm like, why? I don't fucking get it. Put them out. I don't know. Put them, put them down. Put them down. There's no way. We're moving forward. Well, I, I think you just need more teachers. Right. And then you, you break it into like, because if you have a giant class, you're, you can really only teach to the, like the lower third of it or yeah. whatever. So if they're not moving along. In the middle, like, you know. But see, the terrifying thing is like, so I'm in a position where I co-teach both math and reading. So we have two teachers in all of the math classes I'm in and all of the reading classes I'm in. But kids are still not understanding these things. And it's because they've never had to. Like, they're literally told, don't worry about learning multiplication tables because you're going to have a calculator. That's what they're told. Like in real life, you'll have a calculator, so don't don't worry about learning. You know oh, what they, three times they didn't three have is. To do the memorizing that yeah. we no. I that in like second grade or something. Right, like, like where we had to memorize and like do tests like that. They have never had to do that. Most of my kids are seventh graders and they don't know how to do long division because they've been told like don't even bother with it. You'll have a calculator. You'll have a calculator. <laughs> There's Excel. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. don't understand that. <laughs> Meanwhile, they don't teach you how to fucking edit formulas in Excel either. They just figure, eh, they'll Google it. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it's everything is based on the fact that technology will be there, and so we'll rely on that. Like, that's how they'll get by is technology. They don't know the answer to this. That's fine. They can Google it one day. Instead of just like, mm, maybe they need this general knowledge. Learn a core concept and then move from there. You know, because it's going to be really... Do what? Like core principles. That's that's kind of the mm-hmm. that's right. what they teach out here. So well, like I always tell my kids, it'll be really embarrassing when you're an adult and you go to the store and you buy something that's five dollars. You hand them a ten dollar bill and you have to use your calculator to figure out how much change you're going to get back instead of just knowing that information right offhand. Like that's going to be embarrassing as you get older. Good good way to get ripped off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing we live in a society where that doesn't happen, right? No one's no one's ever out there to take advantage of normal people ever. Oh man, right? Well, switching over to a more fun topic. <laughs> now, now that we talked We're about the damaged education hole. system, Jesus Christ! Yeah, the future's dark. Everyone's gonna fucking die. But the kids are great. They have great personalities. Yeah, that's what matters. That's what'll get them by. Hey, listen, they'll start a YouTube page. They'll start vlogging. It'll be great. That's- anyway. Most of their goals, anyway. So, <sighs> stop. You know what? Don't talk. Don't 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 talk <laughs> about. Stop your talking work. about. The stop future. talking about your work. Okay, <laughs> it's terrifying me. If, uh, if we wanted to go really dark, antimicrobial, antibiotic microbial resistance. Oh man, don't don't get me started on that. But well, you're 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 a recipient of of such studies, are you not? I I am, and I've learned quite a bit about it. Well, I so. imagine you would in your field and what you've been that through. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, hope, hopefully, we'll be okay. But people are innovating in it now. So, But for about 30 years, there wasn't a new class of antibiotics. That is terrifying. Hey, listen. Yeah. There's no... We're fucking worried about corn production. We're not worried about making sure we have the right antibiotics to stave off <laughs> ever evolving uh, bacteria. Like God. that movie we watched last night? That was shit, and we're not talking about it. Derek, you have an exciting adventure that you're coming into. You want to tell the people about kind of what uh, what your plans are for the next uh, the rest of the summer, almost? 
Yeah. Um, so I'm heading out come Monday to Chiang Mai, Thailand. I'm going to be living there for six weeks with my soon-to-be fiance. We're going to do a <gasps> Thai, Thai engagement ceremony. hey I'm so excited. Hold on. Let you. me go ahead and hit this. Bear with me. There we go. That's good. So I'll be kind of working a little bit remotely out there and getting to see and eat all the delicious, delicious food. So it's it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of capped off this this like first year of my my, my work here. So you're kind of crazy ass first year of your work. Here. We, were, <laughs> we were talking before the cast started and the way Derek was mentioning it, he was like, you know how your first year of your PhD goes. It's always kind of wild. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, I want to hear more about this engagement ceremony. Okay, so. Um, okay, ask, ask questions. I probably won't know the answers, but. Perfect. So, like, <laughs> is it not. Okay, so what's the difference between a Thai engagement and an American engagement? Um, I guess there, there's a ceremony. Like we're having like a thing with people, not necessarily just like you get down on one knee because I'm not, we're not doing that. So like uh, after the ceremony, you are officially engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like her family and stuff's coming. Uh, they tried to get me to wear like tie clothes and I said I wasn't going to do that. Uh, pa, 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 pa. <laughs> I think we I'm have ourselves. So- nah, I think. <laughs> I think you need to, in you know, in, embrace the culture, and then wear some real ill-fitting tie clothes because I think my, my, my size would be like triple XL. I know, like <laughs> extra long, like everything's just high waters on you, Derek. I think this needs to happen. Wait, so like everybody knows that you're getting engaged already? Yeah, they've been. I say they, Am and her mom have been planning it out. I've I've been like. I got to do school. This is too hard. <laughs> so um, do y'all have like a, this is so fascinating to me. So do y'all have like a talk like, okay, let's get engaged and have a ceremony or like. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, also like for immigration reasons. Right. Like, like we had to have these real conversations, right? Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's really hard. So. Um, I guess that takes some of the romance out of it, but it's (laughs) no, but that 100% makes sense. Like I get it. This is so fascinating. I love it. Derek, are there going to be fireworks there or what's that situation looking like? No, no. Um, we're, we're doing it relatively, um, inexpensive because I'm a poor grad student. So we are kind of limiting to limiting it to like, I think a hundred and, 50 people a hundred and fifty for for one thousand five hundred dollars wow <laughs> that's a hell of a deal Derek so, so, that is a that, that's, great that's dinner. deal essentially dinner and like the person that's going to administrate it and stuff like that so oh hell so like after the engagement ceremony will there be like another official like wedding ceremony um I mean we can do that uh that just depends on what like we as people want to do. Gotcha. I guess I guess traditional and Thai, yes, there, okay. there would be. But like me being not Thai, and then like us. Wait, you're not Thai. I'm not Thai. If, if you guys didn't know, I'm not Thai. What the they don't. I love this fuck? like blending of the cultures. Like I just I love it. I think it's so cool to see. Like, uh, let me sorry to sidebar real quick. Are you sad that we didn't jump the broom at our wedding? Yeah, a little bit. 
Wait, what's what's that? I don't know that. So the, it's it's <laughs> it is a like African slave tradition. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It happens at lots of black weddings. Kicking it old school. <laughs> but it's because, like, black people, obviously, when they were slaves, were not officially allowed to be married on paper. So the way that they symbolized, like, we are married now, is that they would literally jump over a broom after the, um, you know, whoever officiated announced that they were husband and wife. So right. then they would jump the broom, and that signified, like, this is now a married couple. And I have been to my fair share of weddings where they jump the broom. Brian has never been to a wedding where they jump the broom. So we were actually having this conversation the other day. Yeah, no. I didn't know that was a thing. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. I think it's cool. I I mean, I don't know that it would have really fit in at our wedding. That would have been a little it would have been different. It would have been a little too urban for the we wedding. Had, we, had. we would have had to explain to a lot of people what was happening. <laughs> Listen, in where the fuck did we get married? In Great South Lake. South Lake, yeah, yeah, that's right. South Lake, Texas might have taken the jumping the broom ceremony a little difficult at their fucking country club. Yeah. Isn't South Lake like a really nice <sighs> Yeah, Derek. Yeah, Derek. Um uh when my dad was sitting outside chain smoking Durrell Ultralight one hundreds at the <laughs> at the South Lake Country Club in a full fucking three piece tuck. <laughs> or three piece like tuxedo ensemble he was getting some looks <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> right it just makes sure it puts everybody on notice like this shit's happening so fucking deal with it i didn't pick the place because it had anything to do with south like the only deciding factor in where we got married is i really liked the ceiling literally the, the roof we got married she liked the ceiling that All was right. the only deciding factor. It had like wooden beams. It was just beautiful. And I was like, man, I really love the ceiling. And so that's why we got married there. But I wasn't the only one that loved the ceiling because my friend Matt loved the ceiling as well. And so a couple years ago when he got married, the like he got married kind of under a pavilion off of, by Lake Erie. And um, he picked it because it kind of had the same ceiling that our wedding venue had I, i've never thought about a ceiling derek no, when you see one you know derek, no no one has fucking thought about a ceiling before ever like i i can't stress to you enough i i i how think i missed you guys as wedding so yeah, yeah you were you were you were way the hell out like you were active yeah i was gonna say you shit. were gone like yeah gone, i was gone. military at the time you were hoorahing it up out on some beaches somewhere. Fucking oh boy. Fighting off staff. <laughs> yeah, fighting off staff, doing burpees. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> Everybody can connect with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking A. Uh, well, Derek, uh, I think, dude, I can't. So, behind, peek behind the curtain here. The way I have my brew room set up right now when I have two people in here is like, I'm going to have to get some new cables because I can't touch half the cables on my fucking desk without all the sound going out in my headphones. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm carefully, gingerly stepping around uh, to pour myself another drink. Are you still drinking um, Mayor McBliz or whatever the fuck? Yeah, I can, but I have something else that I can switch to. It's, it's <laughs> Cano Blizz. I think Mayor McBliz works a lot better. 
That sounds like a brew that you need to come up with. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like, Mrs. Brian, you have me figured out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, I'm going to make a French fry beer with <laughs> McDonald's characters on the fucking can. It's going to be a hazy French fry IPA, French fry PA, and it's going to be fucking great. Just a wasted hamburger on the can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hamburger living <laughs> under a fucking bridge. <laughs> He's got like 47 double cheeseburgers and just, just going to town on him. He's got to get his he's fucking asses grafted to the couch. Oh, uh-oh. Our Hold on, child has one. opened the door. Hold on. <laughs> okay, and we're back. Very sorry about that. Um, our daughter decided to inform us that there was a spider on the wall. Turns out it was a crane fly. Don't worry. Dad killed it. Like with the piece Look of bark for a briar. Nah, I actually killed it with my bare hands, Derek. Just let him know who was boss. <laughs> but I did turn every light in her room on just in case that fucker tried to sneak up on me because I thought it was a spider when I walked in. I dude, I killed a wolf spider that was about the size of her hand when they were oh, gone. Yeah, it was a big bastard. <laughs> and it was all jumping around. So yeah, I went in well armed with a piece of copper. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so you you said you were switching over to a different beer. Is that correct? Just to keep things interesting, I switched over to a cider. Oh, a cider. What kind of yeah. cider are you drinking? I'm drinking Two Towns, Made Marion. Hey, okay. Uh, from Corvallis, Oregon. I'm a big fan of this company because I know people that work there. Um, it's good. It's about 6%. Uh, it's a little bit, I won't say it's, if you compare it to um, the larger commercial cideries it's not as sweet as that but it's a little bit sweet to me but yeah. it's still nice okay uh, mrs brian are you still drinking wine i am still drinking newman's own well let me play a little drop i made for just such an occasion bienvenido al vino porque because sometimes you just want a glass that will break on its own yeah yeah bring the broom yeah, I, I f- broke all of them. They just shattered by me looking at them. I don't know what the. F- that was their international version of intro to Why Not. Welcome to Why Not. Why didn't you just play the other version of Welcome to Why Not? Oh, you mean this one? Welcome to Why Not. Because sometimes you need to wield the heavier glass bottle when you're drinking. Drink wine. Or were you referring to the one that I made for Frank? Yeah, that one. You were referring to that one? Let me see. Catch a theme. Yeah, why do they all have this song? Welcome to Wine Nut. Where Frank grossly misunderstands the concept of this podcast. Listener discretion <laughs> is advised. Is that like the That best, is awesome. Like, it's called a build, Mrs. Brian. <laughs> and you have to build to it. Is that like the best pretentious song you can find? Yeah, I literally typed in fancy music into YouTube and it came <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Well, um, 
Derek, I'm glad you enjoyed that because I uh, so while Mrs. Brian and our daughter was they were out of town this week, I decided to cut some audio pieces and I literally had to stop because I was laughing so hard my I thought my head was gonna like explode. That 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 last one, I mean, you could use that so many times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even have to, like I could just edit out the wine not part and just be like, anytime Frank grossly misunderstands this podcast. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> like last week when he said the phrase, and I quote, I don't even, when I go to Chili's, I don't even tip. And I was like, <laughs> what? what the fuck? Those, is- are the, those are the people that need it. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we trust. Willem and I had that discussion with Frank. I was like, what? How, how are you saying these words and thinking that that's okay? Anyway, yeah, he screamed unionize and I don't have to fucking worry about it. Just pay them a living wage. I was like, again, there you're not punishing the right people. Right. Like that's, that's up to Chili's. That's not up to the people that work for Chili's. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, but anyway, uh, so I am switching over. I'm not drinking beer anymore. Um, I made a drop for this specific time as well. So Wow. Hell yeah. It's quitting time. You know, sometimes you just want to get bent over the bar and really taught a lesson. That's why I choose bourbon. Yeah, it's not beer. You want to fight about it? It's bourbon time, bitches. Yep. So I am drink what? What? You don't like? You don't like to be bent over the bar, taught a lesson. No. You don't think that works? No. I think it reaches our audience. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I fucking know our people. Don't you dare doubt me. Don't you dare doubt me. Anyway, uh, I'm drinking uh, bourbon and Coke because I just wanted a fucking bourbon. I've been drinking beer kind of off and on all day. Anyway, I'm drinking... Uh, Derek, I don't know if, if you've ever heard of this brand. And I'm being legit serious. Like I, I doubt that you've ever heard of it, but it's called Two Stars Bourbon. Uh, no, I haven't. It's basically a total wine brand. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the fuck they source it from, but I'm going to be very honest with you. For $17 and 86 proof, it's not fucking bad. It's not bad at all. You know, Trader Joe's has has brands too with liquor now. Oh, do they really? Yeah, yeah. It's It's not that bad. They have scotch. Really? And they have they have bourbon. Yeah. I have heard that Kirkland brands uh for Costco, Kirkland Scotch is actually really fucking good. Like legit. Like people go out of their way to find it good. And if it's called Scotch, it's had it's had to been aged in a barrel for at least 3 years. And it, yeah, There's, right. It's some standards to it, right? So. Yeah, like you, people get pissed all the time about sourcing products. But uh, are you familiar with Compass Box at all? Uh, no. Okay, so Compass Box, they are a basically just a marketing company, and they do nothing but source liquid specifically for Scotch. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they do any other any other liquors, but they source Scotch, and they consistently source some of the best rated Scotches in the world, like dollar for dollar, and like you know dollar per ounce or whatever. Okay. Fucking amazing scotches to the point where, like, you can find, I mean, they have like a $60 bottle of Compass Box at Total Wine that's never in stock. 
Yeah, so I'm okay. I'm like, eh. and th- that to- that same total wine has Laphroaig ten for thirty nine dollars, has Monkey Shoulder for twenty nine. Like <laughs> it's it, it's not like they have things out of whack pricing wise here in North Texas. So, and also, I mean, if they have, do they have age statements on their stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. For age age statements, they're uh, that means nothing in that bottle is over is, that age, and the age matters because you have changes happening in that barrel like and they are important you have additive changes and subtractive changes so. right and they even i'm pretty sure compass box is the one that does it but they put like if it's a space side scotch they'll put space side 18 year blend so like you know what you're getting into when you buy that bottle versus just something that just says blended scotch eight year or whatever the fuck they decide to put on the label uh, so you know kind of what to expect, and they have different varietal, you know, different uh, variety blends based on the name. So I don't know. I like that shit. Uh, Sheldig is the total wine version of that. Like, <laughs> okay, that's their like house brand uh, or house label that does uh, sourced blends or sourced straight varietals. Even varietal is probably not the right word. But, um, so, so that's been happening. Like anything said blended, that means you came from a bunch of different distilleries, right? Right. So so that's happening in Scotland already. Right. So it shouldn't be like, a, oh, God, you know, this is a crazy new thing. No. I don't think people are aware that that's, that's what's happening. Right. And even, well, so you might be able to help me out on this. Even though it says single malt, doesn't mean that it's from a single source, correct? So we break that down, single malt, single distillery. Single and then malt, those. yeah. And then malt means um, single distillery, not barrel. Just right. Keep that in mind. And then malt means it was made with 100% barley. So no adjuncts, no corn, no wheat, yep. anything else like that. Right. Okay. So so single malt does mean specific single distillery, single sourced. Yep. Okay. So that's good to know. Uh, because I had seen stuff like that. It said single malt, and then I had heard, heard, I had read some things on the interwebs, the most dangerous place in the world, and uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, no, you can get a single malt from multiple distilleries." I'm like, "Well, I don't think that's accurate, but um, blended would be multiple. So, so it's like two different statements, right? Okay. So, so grain would be you could be using corn or, or wheat." As well as barley, but all your your um, the enzymes uh, for the malting process is coming from barley with scotch, so okay. you can't you can't add um, exogenous enzymes. What's that word that you used? Like, like I can't take a can of enzymes and throw it into exogenous is the, the so term. So out, outside. outside of the plant. Okay, right? I was making sure I was understanding that right because I thought you said exogen. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. This <laughs> no, bourbon no. is really strong. So. <clears throat> Full disclosure, I have been mixing my uh, bourbon and Cokes literally one-to-one, which is a dangerous method, uh, but it makes the Coke go further, so I don't have to (laughs) go back to the store to buy that, because I feel like the Coke is the more expensive part of this whole mixture. (laughs) Does that math make sense? It makes sense, right? I think it does. Depends on how you value the the effect, right? (laughs) I'm getting to where I need to go, so boom. Mrs. Brian's not even paying attention. She's on Sorry, Instagram. Sorry, I was no, I'm not on Instagram. I was ordering my dad's uh 
uh, Father's, Father's Day, Day card. card. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, actually, brilliant transition. You didn't even know that you were transitioning. Wow. Uh, but, by the way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever out in the market and you're needing a wonderful prosumer-grade uh, audio recording or video recording or even photography equipment, choose B&H Photo. Uh, they're fucking great. I, I, did, I loved using them in college. Uh, it's where I bought my uh, old MacBook Pro that I call Mackie. Uh, but they are... <laughs> right? You like that? <laughs> this is the bourbon and Coke. Helped. <laughs> uh, but they are uh, like just... They are the most... So they're owned... They're a Jewish-owned company. Uh, they operate on uh, all major Jewish holidays. Like... They like they don't fucking sell shit on Saturday, <laughs> they, at all, <laughs> at all, at all. Like yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get my dad's um online gift card. Like they don't even operate their online store on Saturday, bro. They like, don't do it until Shabbat is over. <laughs> I guess that's commitment, dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Anyway, and it, it, it like. I don't know if you look up BH Photo how how long they've been around. Like, nah, the shit's working. You can't you can't fault them for it. But anyway, so but it's good products. Fantastic. Like literally, when I say prosumer, I'm like you're buying shit that the, the, the professionals are using on a day to day basis. I mean, they have everything from twenty thousand dollar cameras to like you know a thousand dollar cameras that work almost as well. You know what I mean? Like, that's, oh, nice. it's the shit that that. Like video and photo, uh, like video professionals and still professionals use on their like home for their home use. My dad just does photography as a hobby, but he has like done like he's been one of the official photographers for like the Susan G. Komen stuff. And I'm glad Villem isn't here. He would run Susan G. Komen to the fucking ground with their horrible business practices. I don't know. I don't know if they're bad or not, but. You know, yeah, Philem's gonna know listen about. to this podcast, right? Philem doesn't listen to this shit. Anyway, <laughs> he said as an open challenge to Philem. Anyway, no, I'm giving I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, your dad is also the type of person who literally researches <clears throat> researches something until it's For almost hundred years. It's almost out of like it's it's obsolete, and then he buys it, and it's like yeah, that was the best fucking thing that he could possibly buy at the time. When he but first he started, he will buy like <laughs> top of the line. For instance, my iPod in college. Yeah, Mrs. Brian had an 80 gig iPod, like video iPod. You know, w- right before the iPod Touch came out, with a little fra 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 scrolly wheel that played movies. Yes, <laughs> an 80 gig. So put that in perspective, Derek. I, I loved watching uh, School of Rock, which and was and High School Musical while I worked out because. Those are the only two movies I could buy on iTunes, or that I was willing to buy, I should say. <laughs> this cool. This you worked out. Yeah, right. This is super practical <laughs> on a fucking on a on a on a postage stamp sized screen <laughs> in sixteen by nine wide, like because you know. Anyway, uh, so anyway, Father's Day, big day. Um, I had the best Father's Day I've had uh, since being a father, um, considering one of the Father's Days that I had. Um, oh, I had come to, on. I had to put my dog down. Come on, <clears throat> Brian. You want to talk about a fucking loser of a father? I felt like on that day. Okay, you shouldn't have felt like a loser because felt like a loser. It Doesn't was matter. Time to let him go. He was suffering and in pain. 
Okay, she's trying to make me feel better. I, I want to hear what it feels like to be a father on Father's Day because I have not done that. I'm going to be honest with you. Once you become a father, it's fucking great, honestly. Like, there's. If Father's Day is. Father's Day is just a day you can justify, like, you know what? I'm going to sit on my ass today. <laughs> and then people around you can't be like, no, you need to get the fuck up, lazy ass. <laughs> You'd be like, no, no, no. It's Father's Day. That's really the biggest satisfaction. Uh, because every other day, honestly, like your kids will do something that will, that will brighten your day. Uh, your dog, I mean, I know people and I honestly, if you have a dog, if you have anybody who's like, you're responsible for anything that you're responsible for, you're a fucking dad. Even if you're fucking, uh, like in the big brother, big sisters program, whatever, you're a fucking dad. You're being a goddamn parent figure to someone else. Like, so don't feel like you have to have a kid to be a father. Yeah. One, two. Like I, I, I don't feel like a father, man. <laughs> and if you don't, you don't. <laughs> I mean, that scares scares the crap out of me. Yeah, it is the. I'm not gonna lie. It is the scariest experience of your life being a parent. It's also like one of the funnest things I've ever done in my entire life. Not about you today. No, but your I'm day just, was in May. Okay, you know what? It is I'm my just day. saying. Would you not agree? You're right. It's it's very rewarding. It's very satisfying. Um, and people told, like, one of my nurses at the hospital told me, this is going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done, but it'll be the best thing that you've ever done. And I think that's dead on. So, in, in like, every now and then, it is nice to be rewarded for, for doing the hardest things that you have to do in your life. Okay? Um, so, m- Mrs. Bryan today treated me to uh, a, a round of beers and lunch. And uh, overall, just a... A general wonderful afternoon when I was surrounded by her, our daughter, and good beer. It was fantastic. I literally had one of the best beers I've, I think I've had from D- in DFW today, which is Johnny Karate from Turning Point. It was fucking amazing, like triple IPA that drank like a crushable Kolsch just with big fruity and bitter offset. That sounds dangerous. It was super dangerous. It was like 10.8% alcohol, Derek. It was, it was real sketchy, man. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was it was a great day. So to cap off that great day, we got home. Uh, our our child is taking a nap. Mrs. Brian and I are watching. I don't even remember what the fuck we were watching. Deadwood. We were watching Deadwood. It was a fantastic time. Um and in I'm, between, I'm glad, glad your child was taking that. That curse, that show curses a lot. <laughs> that yeah. show curses a shit ton. We can't watch the grown-up shows till she goes to sleep. Fucking cocksucker! No calamity, Jane. Potty mouth. Anyway, so in that time, I was perusing the interwebs, and I came across the most wonderful gift for our dearly beloved Parker. And um, <laughs> I just want to preface this. As that I wanted this to be a wonderful Father's Day gift for Parker. And I think it's safe to say that everybody knows, like, Parker is not his real name. And that's perfectly fine. Um, I I will probably go back and I'll bleep his actual name out because it it just makes it that much more funny. But the beeps are representative of Parker's real name in the clip that I'm about to play. Now, this clip that I'm about to play also accompanies video and i know both of y'all have seen it today probably multiple times i know mrs brian has heard it multiple times because i've just been giggling like an idiot but this clip is brought to you by one mr 
Chris Hansen. And if you don't know who Chris Hansen is, he is uh, the host of probably the best reality TV show ever, Dateline NBC, To Catch a Predator. You know, I was going through some transcripts recently, and I found some evidence that you like to drink Natty Light. You like to shoot firearms indoors. And you like to sing while you're driving. Well, you're going to have to take a seat because there's something I've got to tell you. I'm Chris Hansen, and you're my kind of guy. From one dad to another, happy Father's Day. So that, to me, I have never been more proud of a gift that I've given to someone, and it was completely on goddamn accident. So if I was to sit here and tell you that, like, oh, yeah, no, I planned this out for months in advance. No, it took about 45 minutes of me sitting on a couch in my underwear just going, I think this is going to work. Texting Frank, I'm like, hey, you want to go in halvesies on this thing? Boom, done. 30 minutes later, Chris Hansen is on his back porch talking to Parker, mano y mano, telling him what a, what kind of, my kind of guy. He said my kind of guy. I didn't even put that in the script, bro. That's fucking amazing. I was so happy. I did put that he likes to discharge firearms indoors. Is there something from that? Yeah, so uh, there was a time out at White Barn. Did he have an accidental oh, discharge? I forgot about this. Okay, so the story goes, legend has it, <laughs> that uh, it was a White Barn party. Everybody was drinking, having a good time. Crowd clears out at the end of the night. There's somebody asleep on the couch at White Barn. Derek, you know how the White Barn setup is. There's like a fucking kitchen, a pantry, and then like on the other side of the pantry is like, I don't know, the fucking living room. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so legend has it that uh, there was a challenge put out that a pillow will actually silence a pistol. Like you see in the movies. Exactly, like you see in the movies. And uh, I don't remember who did it. I don't even know if it was Parker or if it was someone who was at the house. I just know that... There is a house out at White Barn that has a bullet hole through the pantry, out the other side of the pantry, through the Dave Matthews poster that Frank had hanging up on the wall, and then through the ceiling, through the roof. You know that bullet has to come down. Oh, oh, we had that discussion the first couple times that we've told the story on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no. But you remember also where White Barn was? Like, there's fucking, at the time, now there's like a goddamn winery there out there. Much. There's nothing out there. Like he would have had a better there's chance. There's a of... winery out there. Yeah, but it's in Oklahoma, so I'm assuming they just make like strawberry wine and shit. Mm, yeah. You no know, hangover wine. Anyway, so that's how the legend has it. I, I honestly, I have been out to their house allegedly after this incident took place, and I fucking never saw it. I, I never saw. I must have missed that, man. Was that when I was gone? No, no. Was I still this... enrolled? Yeah, because this is when you and I lived at G-Unit. I thought this was after y'all left. No, because Parker graduated with us. Frank Did stayed he? that extra yeah, year. That's or true. That extra semester. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure Parker graduated. He had to have graduated with you. Right? Yeah, because Frank lived back where I lived when he was... A super senior. Yeah. He had that, like, I don't know, his degree called for a bunch he of extra like shit. He had, like, one semester left. Well, didn't he do like the, like the honors? 
something. Yeah, he did some honor shit. Then he also had like 18 majors that he fucking graduated with and some like, I don't know, HJ Olympic gold medalist and I don't know. The, the, anybody listening, the honors undergrad thing. Oh, Why? Yeah, no, listen. <laughs> I, I remember when I was going to school and I was like, ooh, honors college sounds fucking fancy. And then I met Frank. And he was, I was like, wow, this guy's a <laughs> fucking a monster. He's like, I don't even know how he goes to class. And he's like, yeah, I'm in the honors college. I was like, well, there goes all preconceived notions about the honors college out the window. <laughs> and it's funny because I would say the exact same thing if Frank was on the podcast. Yeah. He probably I mean, would too. <laughs> like as far as academic stuff goes, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. Like do, do it. I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm, I don't care about the honors college. You're going for a fucking doctorate, bro. Like (laughs) in our, okay, this is the part that gets me when I tell people about my time in college, like I've had one roommate who is already a doctor. Yep. (laughs) Another roommate who's going for his doctorate. Uh, Another roommate who I, as much as, as much as I like to make fun of him, is like extremely accomplished in his field of work. Like it's 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 ridiculous. And by the way, I've only had three fucking roommates. <laughs> well, a lot of the people we knew too, like yeah, we know engineers stuff like that. So, uh, well, I also feel like at OSU, like engineers are a goddamn dime a dozen. But when you go to other colleges, that's like a legitimate degree path. You yeah. know, like ah, uh, I don't know. Oh, Oklahoma State was a fun a fun fun time. Fun, 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 fun time. It was. Uh, I, pff, I don't know why you're talking. You didn't graduate with us. We were fucking cool. Class, <laughs> class of 09, motherfuckers. Because I graduated with the real cool kids. Hold on. I got something for that. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> That's Woody from Toy Story. He's laughing at your ass. I'm actually taking a Disney BuzzFeed quiz right now. I fucking goddamn hate BuzzFeed. (laughs) Apropos. (laughs) But no, it's not apropos, (laughs) dickhead. I'm going to go with Derek to Thailand. I'm going to sneak away. (laughs) Derek, the reason I asked about fireworks is because it's becoming that time of year here in my neighborhood. I don't know if you know this about my neighborhood. but Okay. We do two things. We raise property taxes to astronomical amounts and then we shoot fireworks at those astronomical amounts those are the two things that we do well at least it's been raining right well right, maybe maybe that's the upside of all this flooding is you guys can not have stuff burned down well no Derek I'm not worried about I'm actually I would be all for a drought that happens right now so that we couldn't fire fireworks because <laughs> my dog is when I say my dog is deathly afraid of fireworks like I'm afraid he's going to harm himself and destroy part of my house trying to get oh, no. to cover as fireworks go off constantly like every year I don't know how to say this properly but the amount of money that people pay in their mortgage is secondary to the amount of money they pay to fucking shoot off gunpowder into the air. This is literally money going up in flames. Yes, literally. They're just burning dollars up into the sky. We've already started getting advertisements. Because there's literally a fireworks stand outside of our neighborhood. And they have to make a fucking killing. And so, well, you remember last year on the 4th of July, cars were like lined up down the street at this fireworks stand. 
Because other people come into our neighborhood because they know it's no man's land over here so they can shoot off fireworks. So people that don't even live here come into the neighborhood to shoot off fireworks. Derek, last year I walked down the street because like when we pulled into our neighborhood, it was like a it was, it was like, like a professional fireworks show going off up in about twenty spots in our neighborhood. And I'm oh not exaggerating. At least twenty professional grade fireworks shows going off in our neighborhood like debris was falling on the car as we were driving through the neighborhood are, are these millennials doing this no 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 it's no, no. everybody it's everybody it's gen x millennial gen z you can't afford to live out here it's fucking expensive as shit baby uh, boomers baby boomers yeah for sure baby boomers that, that sounds like a baby boomer thing honestly. Well, <laughs> no shit so my parents okay so fun fun story back in the 80s my parents I uh, used to live in South, South, South Fort Worth uh, in Crowley, in like an unincorporated part of Crowley, which is now fully incorporated because Crowley's huge as fuck. Anyway, so South side of Fort Worth. Okay. They used to live out there in the country. Them and their neighbors used to get together and they would like literally pool cash in January. And they, my dad would order Chinese fireworks by the fucking pallet. <laughs> it sounds... Super sketchy. What if they bought stocks instead? Derek, let's not fucking use reason, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, there's no need for logic here. My my brother and sister my brother and sister didn't need to go to college. Like they didn't fucking worry about that. Like, my sister was smart. My brother not so much. You know what I mean? Like if I, we don't need to worry about those two. So they would buy <laughs> buy hundreds of dollars i'm saying hundreds because i'm assuming it's probably closer to thousands of dollars worth of fucking fireworks and they would have like professional fireworks shows that they would set off that's crazy in the 80s and like early and mid 80s but like my my mom's family there was probably like 20 people that would come out there and enjoy the fireworks show and other families out in the neighborhood would do the same thing with equal numbers so there's you know a hundred plus people out there enjoying this giant fireworks show understandable especially in the mid 80s Derek, there's a Facebook group going around in my neighborhood where people are pooling money together in 2019 and doing the same fucking thing. So last Thanksgiving, there was a poll going around like, who wants to throw in $250 for some fireworks? $250? And that was a starting, okay? Because I looked into the poll and people were like, yes, sure, I'll throw in a grand. Let's do this up big. What? Yes. So not only is there a fireworks stand just outside the neighborhood, that's like the Ace Hardware, bro. Like, that's just where you go to get punks and some black hats. You don't want to fucking go get the good stuff over there. You get the good stuff. We're essentially running a fucking fireworks stand in our neighborhood. What are they doing? Ordering this stuff on Alibaba? Yes. 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 Holy smokes. Dude, there is a video that I have that if I had, like, if I wasn't afraid of dead air, I would pull up for you right now. But there is a video that I took while driving into the neighborhood. Derek, it's no fucking joke. Terrifying. Like, you, yeah, it's fucking scary because all the shit that you're seeing is over people's homes. But at the same time, like, you would look at it and be like, this is some, like, extravagant shit that you would see in, the, like, in fucking Abu Dhabi or some shit. Like, obviously at a much smaller scale. But to know that it's happening in a tiny suburb out in the middle of nowhere in North Texas. But people are also like, like the people that drove into the neighborhood and then were setting them off by cars and stuff? Yeah, they would pull into it. They would stop at a stop sign in an like an intersection in the neighborhood and just get out and light off like four bottle rockets and two artillery shells and then just drive off. So my parents live about 10 minutes down the road from us 
and we could hear all of the fireworks that were at our house from their driveway. Yeah, that's no joke. This blows my mind on why anybody does any of that. <laughs> you right? Like, like, like why? We were literally sitting there, like we were like, "This is dumb." Yeah. And then as we got home, we got like our daughter to bed. We got the dog in a stable position. We were sitting there and we're like, "This is actually like people pay a lot of money to fucking see something like this." It's absolutely insane. Yeah, we were like, okay, next year we'll we'll invite friends. Yeah, no, it's fucking wild. I'm gonna share my screen with you right now, Derek, and I uh, I hope this works. Let me see. Ba, 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 ba. Let me see. There we go. Let me share screen. Where are we at? Share screen. Because to me, like, if you wanted to have a party and just maybe not have fireworks, right? It would a thousand dollars is a lot for a party. Right. Exactly. So the video that you're seeing on my screen is. That's our neighborhood That's right our there. That's our neighborhood. Like, all of this. Like, eh, let me turn the fucking camera back. Also, my dog is under my passenger seat of my Mitsubishi Lancer. Like, that, and he's 40. That's, a, that's, that's a, our neighborhood. A, resi- a residential neighborhood. Residential <laughs> yeah. neighborhood, bro. And we have to drive through all of that to get to our house. And there were police officers, like, driving up and down the streets to make sure everybody was okay, but... That's I all mean, our neighborhood. Look at it. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's insanity. So this year we said, fuck it. We're actually staying at our house this year. We're not fucking going anywhere. Uh, We're we're going to show, man. Look at that. That's from our front yard. Whoa, dude, there's we have a little pond back there and they were shooting off fireworks all around that pond. all around the pond. But like you see that shit's like over people's houses. What you can't see is the people directly behind us are shooting off or having their own fucking show. Yeah. About the same Uh size. Dude, I would just grill some hot dogs up. And right? That's, that's what we You'll said. have the, the American experience. <laughs> that's right exactly there. We were like, what we're we'll doing. We'll just set up some, because everybody was like out in the yard drinking. We're like, we'll just set up some chairs and take a couple beers out there. Look at that chill. shit. That's from our fucking street. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys actually have it made. You don't have to worry about going somewhere. <laughs> Dude, okay. Like, this is this awesome. is the second year that we've that we've lived here, like in what the video that you're seeing. And we're like, what the fuck? Why have we gone other places every year? This is dumb. Right, because we we've missed them the past like the two years before that because we were at the beach one year and then another year. I don't even remember where we were. Yeah, I don't know. We we said fuck it. We weren't here, but literally, like when I say, so that first video was taken. Let me pull up the let me pull up the old time code on here. First video was taken at nine twenty three. I stopped taking video at 10.50. And it was uh, still... It was still rocking. The fireworks, I think the last one that we heard that night was at about 1.15. And at then 11, we at, heard them for the next three weeks following at, that. Oh, no, no, no. Next three weeks? Mrs. Brian, we didn't stop hearing them until after New Year's. That is true. I forgot they had saved some. And then, as a matter of fact, it went on beyond that because when the Dallas Cowboys won their first playoff game, yep, their fireworks well. fucking lit up then, too. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. Easter. And Easter, after the Super Bowl. I forgot after about that. After the Super Bowl and Easter, yes. for Jesus, we fired off a lot of fireworks for his death and resurrection. I'm surprised there were not any uh, fireworks me. after like that's the Stanley Cup. Uh, no, it's be- Mrs. Brian, that's because no one fucking lives in St. Louis and moved here. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Um, yeah, Derek, I don't know if you see the, the what's on my screen now, but yes, that is a Sisyphus 
from 2009. 2009. That I drank on 4th of July last year at 11.04, and fireworks were still going off. Uh, Yeah, I was also incredibly intoxicated because I had been drinking for the last three hours at that point. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And here's a picture of my dog rocking a Paps Blue Ribbon bandana because he's a fucking badass. Anyway, okay, that's enough sharing. Anyway, (laughs) and you know, just random shit that that you get when you go and you scroll through my uh, my pictures. Uh, But yeah, no, Uh, Derek, I think I don't want to for like I don't want to feel like I'm pressuring you into lighting off gratuitous fireworks for different celebrations. But that that won't happen. I feel like you're, you might be missing out. I'm not saying that you're missing out. No, just, I, I'll, I'll watch it. Okay, all right. But, but the, the purchasing just uh, Derek, it's the it's the thrill of seeing several like seeing a month's rent go up in flames. <laughs> it's just like ah, I'm like living the dream right now. This is what it's like to live the dream. Ah, fucking a. Ah, um, this is the point of the night, Mrs. Brian. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest? Uh, no. You don't want to let the people know what your BuzzFeed 90s Disney character quiz answer was? Well, the answer was that I was, in fact, a 90s Disney kid. Okay. uh, Because I did have all of the Disney soundtracks and um, movies, figurines, placemats, plates, Yeah, I'm going to cut your microphone (laughs) now. I'm just going to turn it all the way down. Can't. You can't be trusted anymore, um, Derek. Is there anything that you would like to say to the to the fine, friendly folks of No Beer Left Behind? I'm just glad to be back on. So. Yeah, you're, you're glad to be back on before you leave us for like six weeks. For, for six, six six weeks, six weeks. Yeah. yeah, we talked about possibly doing a, an international cast, and I was like, well, the DR was a tough one, and it was in a relatively close time zone. I don't know if like because when you go to Thailand, you're basically in the fucking future at that point. I, I am. I'd have to be drinking beer in the morning. Have to be, or get the privilege <laughs> of drinking beer in the morning. <laughs> I, I don't know if Am would love that. But, um. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe we'll just set up a cast for the morning of your uh, engagement party. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm sure that will go over very well. That'll be great. Like, no, no, no. You see, I have to do this because. <laughs> Oh fucking a, Derek. Well, I'm glad that you're that you're back on with us before you left, uh, and I look forward to having you back on uh, either immediately following, or uh, if we, you know, figure out some sort of wonder cast to get you on, we'd love to have you on. From and Thailand. congratulations. Also, yes, oh, congratulations. Thank you. I'll take I'll take the mic with me in case we can figure it out. So. If nothing else, you know, you can always record some uh, audio of uh, a beer review or two. And uh, send it to us, and we'll we'll figure oh, out t- some Thai t- beer. That'd be interesting. Shit, yeah. What does it taste like? It's fucking hot beer. This is fucking. It's great in hot weather. <laughs> they, they drink it with ice. Shit, yeah, bro. It's the yeah. Sauvignon Blanc of beer. Let's do this thing. Let's fucking make it happen. Mm. Oh man. Well, Derek, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight. And uh, again, congratulations. Uh, we're so happy for you, and uh, we're happy not only that you have your first uh, year of your doctorate program down, but that uh, you're you're moving forward with your relationships abroad. So congratulations, cheers, Derek. Oh, thanks, thank you, Brian. 
Cheers as we click glasses. Yeah, we're clinking glasses via <laughs> webcam. Uh, for Brian here in North Texas, I thank you very much for uh, tuning in this week and uh, every other week. Please feel free to uh, leave us a review over on iTunes because that's the only place you can leave a review. Uh, five stars only, please. Uh, and if you write a little something down, it does help move us up. Uh, what it can move us up. We appreciate it. And uh, tell a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe so y'all never miss an episode. Uh, reach out to us over on social media at No Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram at NBLB Beer over on Twitter for myself. Uh, that's where I uh, hang with all my beer peeps. And uh, I'll kick it over to Mrs. Brian. But for Brian here in North Texas, I'm out. Uh, for Mrs. Brian, I have enjoyed my time. Be sure to check out the NBLB spinoff, Why Not, uh, coming to you soon uh, with hosts Frank and myself. Over my dead body. That will never happen. <laughs> Derek. Derek, do you have anything for us? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought my my outro already happened, but um, no, it's been wonderful. I'm glad to be back on, and I and I can't wait to be back on again, um, whether when I get back or you know maybe maybe international cast. So, deuces. <laughs>